everybody. My name is V.I.P., but you can call me V. What am I doing here, you may ask? Well, that's simple. I'm here to tell you about IACON Online, a fan-run virtual Transformers convention where all are one. It's run by fans for fans. We plan on having a virtual artist alley, streaming panels, and even a cosplay contest. More details are to come, so be sure to keep your optics open. Icon Online will be January 30th through the 31st. Hope to see you there. Bye! <laughs> I've been waiting a long time for this. All talk, no shock. the Emerald City of Seattle, it's the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Your home for pop culture, Transformers, independent artists, interviews, Transformers, and stuff and things. Also sometimes Transformers. And now, here he is, the man that's more than meets the eye, Mike Seibert. Hey, welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host, Thank you so much for being here with me, and um, we've accomplished something. Uh, yes, the uh, the inaugural Icon Online was this last weekend, and if you are joining me here for the first time after participating in Icon Online, welcome, and and again, thank you. And I um I, I didn't want this episode to be too much of a uh, self indulgent victory lap. Uh, but but since my most recent episode was me and Apollo talking about the then upcoming Icon Online uh, uh, last week, I thought it would be a good idea to put something fresh up here for you as well. And I want to give a shout out uh, to my dude Anthony Brucalli from uh, TFU.info, uh, Transformers University, for uh, uh, kind of inspiring the idea um, in me to uh, put this episode for you here now. So um, I, I'm also... Uh, while we're here, I'm going to replay my interview with Stan Bush um, as it was presented during the convention. Uh, but first, I, I'd like to share a couple updates uh, regarding Icon Online. Um, uh, first, uh, unfortunately, we are shutting down the Discord server. In fact, by the time you're listening to this, it's probably already actually been deactivated, but I, I would like to read to you uh, the announcement that was posted in the server Monday morning uh, by Apollo, the founder and president of Icon Online. Um, sadly, all good things must come to an end. Uh, just as we all have to leave the hotel lobby eventually, we unfortunately must announce that the Discord server will be deleted. We want to announce that we are deleting the Discord server on February 2nd at 11 59 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, with 600 plus members, it's not feasible for the admins and mods to commit to the responsibility of running the server after the event. Uh, thank you for understanding. We hope you have made friends on the server during Icon Online. Please make sure to send out any friend requests to friends you have made here. Until next time, till all are one. 
Now, uh, Lita, our uh, social media manager, also added, in conjunction with the above announcement, I also want to personally thank you all for attending and making this one of the happiest weekends experiences of my life. I've, I've seen firsthand this fandom come together, make new friends, and strengthen the bonds we already have with one another. Thank you for being part of this special mark in the fandom's history. We promise this is not the last you'll hear from us. It's not goodbye, but rather until we meet again. Heart emoji. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, and then Monday afternoon, our technology strategist and broadcaster, Suna, announced we've received several requests to archive the Discord server, which is a request that we ultimately cannot fulfill. The convention is sadly over, and we all have to leave the lobby of the hotel eventually, even if we wish we didn't have to. However, we want to remind you that unlike IRL conventions, uh, the entire convention can be rewatched on the Icon Online Twitch channel, uh, where the stream is going to reside for the next 14 days or so, and and that the programs will ultimately be exported to our YouTube channel. Um, and as an aside, I will have those links uh, to both of those in the show notes, uh, both the uh, uh, Twitch channel as well as the Icon Online uh, YouTube page. Asuna uh, goes on to say, uh, we know that you all cherish the memories you've made this weekend, and we are incredibly humbled to have made such an impact on you all. But... The best memories are not saved on Discord, but in our hearts and on YouTube, apparently. Um, so uh, so there you go. Uh, that's what's going on with the server. Now, I also wanted to share with you the thank you note that we sent out uh, right after our closing ceremonies on Sunday night. And this in particular is a great example of the collaborative work we did as a team. I don't even know who wrote what at this point, uh, but we workshopped and refined and reworded and wordsmithed uh, uh, basically as a group while we were still on the same Zoom call uh, right after the uh, the con closed. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you from the entire Icon Online team. We want to say a big thank you to the attendees, the guests, the Twitch viewers, the critics, and the well-wishers. We were a handful of people with no experience making or planning a convention, and despite the hiccups and learning curves, we put on a good show for everyone. We wanted to bring fans a convention experience even within the confines of the pandemic. We more or less achieved that goal. Um, our mods were relentless in all forms of planning and execution, and we did the best we could with the skills and programs that were at our disposal. Uh, thank you so much, and we appreciate every single one of you where all are one. Um, and instead of rehashing the story of how Icon Online began, because, I mean, I, we've told that several other times in several other podcasts, uh, but I thought I would play for you uh, to, to get a, a fresh perspective. I thought I'd play for you our opening ceremonies uh, to Icon Online as hosted by our own uh, technology strategist, Suna. Okay, so hi everybody. Uh, my name's Suna. If you don't know who I am, I'm one of the organizers of Icon Online, and I am 
so, so, so very happy that you all have joined us. We are already amazed at how many people have joined. We know that you're in all kinds of different time zones. And the fact that you're all here, we have 150-ish people in the chat. Um, it has just been amazing. So we wanted to thank you all for coming out to our convention. Um, we're a team of pretty small volunteers. If you didn't know how this all started, after everything went down in 2020, one of our organizers proposed the idea of doing an online convention because we've missed two TF cons as far as I know, um, TF Nation, all kinds of stuff, all kinds, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm live, so stuttering a little bit, but um, a lot of us have missed out on a lot of things because of 2020, and we wanted to be able to bring a little bit of what anybody might have missed during that year. And we are, there's maybe eight or nine of us, I think. We're all volunteers. We, we don't know really what we're doing. We've been figuring this out as we go along. So I, I wanted to express my deepest gratitude to everyone who has been patient with us, who has supported us. And we are all just so honored that you wanted to be a part of this convention. Um, we have some absolutely amazing panels coming up and you guys definitely aren't going to want to miss it. I know that's like the buzz phrase to say, but we have put so much work into this and it has come together so, so well, so, so amazingly. Like I, I can't even fathom how great this has been. Um, I don't think any of us expected this to get as big as it has. Um, we've gotten incredible guests and I wanted to give a little shout out not only to the other organizers, but to the artists in our artist alley, to the moderators that we've had watching our Discord channel, to the guests who have spent their personal time being a part of this with us and doing interviews and talking with us, doing things live, doing things pre-recorded even, it has been, <laughs> I'm smiling like a dork because it has been so fantastic and I am, I'm so proud of what we've created and what you're all going to be a part of for the next two days. So just a huge shout out to everyone. This is a place where all good people are welcome. The Transformers fandom is filled with so many amazing people and we have just been in awe of all the support that we've gotten and we want to I, this is probably more of a closing ceremony thing, but we really want to put our arms out and say thank you to everybody for participating, for creating panels, for being in the chat, for being nice, for everything. So uh, we have 10 minutes now until the first panel is going to start. I don't really know what else I'm supposed to do for this opening ceremony other than just thanking you all over and over and just expressing my deepest gratitude for how well this has come together. Like I said before, if you missed it, we are all volunteers. Nobody that is a part of this convention at all has been paid in any way. This is all personal time, personal stress, personal everything. You would not believe what we've been trying to handle in the past months. It has been so many months in the making and we are just so amazed and so grateful for how everything has come together. So I, from the bottom of my heart, thank you all. Um, I'm a regular TFCon attendee and missing out on it was very, very sad. But being able to be a part of this has taken a little bit of the edge off of missing TFCons. Now we've got our finger crossed, 
fingers, multiple fingers. We've got our fingers crossed that hopefully in-person conventions will happen again. But for now, we are really glad to be able to bring you this convention. So yay, insert canned sitcom applause here. And that was to be the kickoff of over 22 hours of streaming content over two days, 30-something panels. And while I'm not necessarily going to go over the entire top-to-bottom schedule here, because uh, what I want you to do is go check out the stream for yourself and watch these great programs. A lot of great people put a lot of time and effort into them, so I I, I want you to go out and check them out. Um, uh, But I did also want to call out... uh, uh, some of the highlights for me um, on on Saturday, I got a real kick out of the Build-A-Bot panel. I hadn't seen anything like this before. We uh, basically through artist participation, we uh, we made a very uh, trogdor looking uh, a robot. Uh, the cosplay contest was also incredible, and um, I, I'm going to say this in my quiet voice, but um, I uh, I usually skip the cosplay portions of in-person conventions i i'm i'm a show floor guy so like generally when like the the panel room is packed for the cosplay convention that's usually my time to strike and get like autographs and buy stuff from artist alley and and things like that but um i i I thought that the Chally and Sparks and Frag did did just such an amazing job hosting, and their their knowledge and fluency of uh, of cosplay was was really compelling to listen to and to watch. And um, I, I've been missing out uh, not checking out uh, Transformers cosplay contests because like the, there were there were a few standouts that were just amazing and incredible and in all the different styles and it was just it, it was just super super cool um but uh but also the introduction to cosplay panel um on sunday uh, again also hosted by uh frag and sparks and chally uh that was uh that was incredibly informative you know just talking about working with different materials and even giving like budgetary tips and 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 i'll be honest i i'm I, I'm getting that much more inspired to maybe make a uh, dad bod Boba Fett costume, uh, like 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 I keep talking about. I just I just love that look, and I and I love that the the folks like me can uh, uh, dress up like Boba Fett, and it's it's canon. But but I digress. Um, uh, Soundjack's panel um, about uh, uh, Transformers was uh, Tiny Transformers uh, uh, was a ton of fun, and again, uh, you can catch uh, Soundjack as part of uh, Steel City Bots. And I, I was really glad to see that there was such a great response to Greg and Yoshi's uh, Transformers Reanimated panel. Uh, there, there were some really great questions in the chat, and I heard from Greg later later on that they uh, they ended up racking up a couple hundred web hits during the convention um which is very cool uh awesome you know new folks uh taking a uh interest in their project and again uh check out transformersreanimated.com and you can check out uh greg's greg and yoshi's fan fiction project uh basically filling in the gap uh between the end of season two of the original transformers g1 cartoon and transformers the movie uh they've got uh what 18 
19 issues up now. Um, a lot of cool covers from various Transformers artists. Uh, and and there's some audio podcasts. Uh, some of them are starring me. Um, starring? I don't know. I, I occasionally play Bumblebee with the Luke Skywalker voice. It's a, it, it's a fun project. Um, but I also want to talk about how impressed I was with the hosting chops that 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 was uh, demonstrated by members of the Icon Online team, like you know, like Suna said in the intro, um, none of us had organized a convention before. I mean, you know, I, I think we had all participated in conventions before. You know, some of us had run artist alleys, some of us had run panels, some of us had participated in panels, but. Um, but also, though, uh, many of us hadn't actually conducted interviews like this before on on this uh, on this scale, and everybody stepped up in a big bad way and and just knocked it out of the park between uh, hosting panels, doing interviews. Um, it was it was it was just so cool. And you know, for me, I I actually only hosted one panel and and it was almost uh, I, I don't want to say it was a cheat, but it was my interview with Stan Bush, which I had actually originally booked for this podcast not necessarily uh thinking of icon online but then when we got close to doing the interview it's like wait a second maybe i can repurpose this and repackage it in a way that we can also share it with the icon online audience and that's and that's what we did um but i i remember very very early on in the planning in fact maybe even our first planning session I kind of said it's like, you know, somebody that that comes from my background looking the way that I do, I don't know if it's necessarily the most appropriate look or or really what we're going for and a con- at a convention where we're trying to celebrate diversity and inclusion. It's like I did I didn't want to necessarily be in charge of more programming run by by uh white guys <laughs> and uh so you know so i i because of that i i was attracted to this project to kind of help foster other folks and and kind of help them uh find their voice and and again i just i just couldn't be um any more proud and any more impressed uh by uh by uh what folks did um you know so uh, apollo's been on my show a number of times and and you know she's even said that you know uh, being on my show kind of kind of helped her get into that that hosting mode but she did an incredible job uh hosting the david sobolov interview and and he was terrific too i I um because of uh the work that he's been involved in it's not necessarily uh my first best transformer so I I hadn't actually seen him speak in a panel before and he was he he was so cool just so um uh giving and just uh uh, uh very nice in the uh, despite 
the uh, imposing characters that he portrays. Um, yeah, j- just a really cool, gentle dude in uh, in the interview, and and gave some really uh, interesting insights um, about voice acting as well. I, I thought it was especially intriguing the the perspective of uh, what he called Frankensteining uh, multiple takes of a line read and kind of blending them together into uh, the final product, where it's like you know you take like you know part of one read here you take another part of a different read there and then then it all kinds of blends together and he even shared that you know that that's even with you know the the a top tier folks like like peter cullen you know that's that that's just um apparently a very common practice in um uh voice acting and and uh, uh voice production um but I also want to shout out um, Apollo's Artist Spotlight interview with Anna Malkova. That that was a ton of fun as well. And it's it, it's great because, like, I mean, I, I do a lot of interviews with uh, with various types of artists, you know, musicians and, and, and folks that draw and things like that. You know, arts that I can't do myself. Um, so it, it's, it's always interesting and fascinating to hear an artist being interviewed by another artist. So so I, I I thought that was really cool and and again I'm just uh, I I'm just so proud um, of uh, of Char's development as a as an interviewer uh, just um, uh, just really taking to it um, and the Alita One Spotlight panel was uh, was a, was definitely uh, one of my favorites from Saturday um, and, and it was it was really great too and and it made me appreciate that character that much more after listening to a uh, voice actor, uh, Lindsay Rousseau, uh, talk about her passion for the role. Um, and you know, I, I, I thought this already, but after, um, you know, seeing Lindsay speak so, uh, um, so much about, this character and this role, um, she really is the best part of that Netflix war for Cybertron series. Um, and I was, uh, again, I, I, I was just so proud of Lita for, uh, putting together a really fun panel that really seemed to connect with, uh, with the audience. I mean, the chat really blew up, uh, you know, just, uh, uh, tons of folks clamoring for, um, Alita prime in, uh, in 2021. And, and, and I've told the story a million times already, but like that was, um, that, that was a panel that, that just kind of, uh, came together on a win. It's like, you know, uh, sarcastically, Lita was saying like, oh, well, yeah, I should just do a panel uh, uh, just about Alita one. And and yeah, you know, the, the, we we encouraged her to do I think we kind of peer pressured her into doing it. But like, you know, once once we got uh, Lindsay Rousseau on board, it, you know, it just it, it just came together. Um, and and again, just just so cool. They uh, I can't wait for Lita and Lindsay Rousseau to uh to pilot a Jaeger together from a uh, from Pacific Rim because they are definitely drift compatible. Um now I would have waited an eternity for this. Um and the uh the Transformers the movie 35th anniversary panel was great. Um that was hosted by Joe Troutman 
And it was uh, it, it was just fun to watch these guys in this uh, casual setting. You know, it's like, you know, Flint Dilly was like, you know, constantly leaning back in a reclining chair, you know, itching his... <laughs> in his open shirt chest it was kind of weird at times but uh but i i would uh, speaking of flint dilly i i would like to share with you a question that flint posed to the audience during the panel what unfinished business is there with the movie that you know scenes that didn't get in there that's what i really want to know Things that, you know, weren't explained, you know, they, you know, you wondered about stuff like that. If anybody thinks of that stuff, that, that would be very helpful, but I can't tell you why. And I can't tell you why either, because I, um, I don't actually know, but I, uh, I do remember back in 2019, you know, when the HasLab Unicron crowdfunder campaign was happening, uh, both Flint and Ron Friedman had said in Joe's Facebook group, uh, the, uh, the, the Transformers, uh, colon, where, where, um, uh, till all are one where where fans and talent come together it's a it, it's a cool facebook group if uh if that's your deal and you're not part of that group uh you're missing out uh definitely uh, uh seek that out and join uh but anyway both both flint dilly and ron friedman um you know a, a story consultant and writer of transformers the movie uh, uh respectively um they had both said in that group that if the the project was funded you know haslab unicron that they would write something related to unicron and by extension of that you know the the lore of transformers the movie now i don't know about you but i haven't heard anything about that particular writing project since unicron was successfully funded so i don't know what do you think um the the i i i think the question kind of took the chat uh, by surprise, and it kind of took me by surprise as well. Um, so we didn't necessarily uh, have any specifically uh, good answers for Flint about uh, what the unfinished business uh, would be from uh, Transformers the movie. But but I I'd really be really curious what what you think because I think. He was seriously asking. Um, and I think I think he legit seriously wants to know. Um, so if if there was to be some kind of something new written within the confines of Transformers, the movie, what uh, what would you like to see? Um, you know, think of like scenes in between scenes. Um you know, because I, I, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's things like, I mean, I guess, I guess for me, the, the uh, thing I would think of is where the rest of the season two characters were, um, and, and you know, we obviously know that the production of Transformers the movie happened either uh, uh, concurrently with season two. Or uh, possibly even at the end of season one. So, you know, they, they had some of the season two characters more than folks think sometimes um, once, once you really start counting heads. Um, there, there are actually quite a few season two characters there, but there's also quite a few that aren't. So, 
that's just me. I'm just kind of wondering uh, what what a canon explanation would be for the for the the season two characters, uh, you know, Omega Supreme, the Combiners, and you know, just just all that. But but what would you like to see? You've heard what Mike thinks. Now tell him what you think on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mike Cyber Radio. Or leave me a voicemail two three one two two four Mike, or just join Joe's uh, Facebook group and and uh, and hit up uh, uh, Flint directly. Uh, but but the highlight of Saturday night had to have been a game night with the Cybertronic Spree. Uh, they played two games. Uh, one was Cybertronic Name Game, you know, uh, inspired by the the dearly departed uh, Celebrity Name Game, uh, which was uh, hosted by uh, Craig Ferguson. And uh, remind me at some point other other than right now to talk about the new game show that's being hosted by Craig Ferguson called the hustler. I was neither me nor Dave were especially kind about the concept, uh, during our TV episode a few weeks ago, but I have watched a few episodes of this at, at this point and I really, really like it. Um, so I would like to, to take the opportunity to walk that back at some other point other than right now. But anyway, I've, I've always had a soft spot for celebrity name game because I, I, I like Craig Ferguson uh, quite a bit. But the, the game we're talking about here was Cybertronic name game as well as Wheel of Icon, as I'm sure you can guess the inspiration there. Uh, both of those games were hosted by General Techno. And I, I'll be honest with you, I, I'm, I'm a little fuzzy on the details. I apologize. But um, I, I don't remember... Who asked who or specifically the story of how General Techno became involved? Uh, but I, I was amazed by what he brought to the table in terms of what we could actually do with the game show. Um, we already had the Cybertronic Spree on board to participate in the convention. Um, and, and we knew that we wanted to do a game show with them. You know, that, that was, that was one of the very early ideas. I've talked about this as well. Like, you know, I, I think my original pitch was something just, uh, more resembling a traditional interview and, and the team very wisely thought it's like, no, these, the these bots are here for fun let's see if we can cobble together a game show for them um i i think everybody would would like that um but yeah we uh uh we wanted to do a game show but we couldn't quite figure out the execution of it and general techno really helped us out with that in a big bad way so i wanted to make sure that that he gets a huge shout out for making those games possible he also played uh, several rounds of wheel of icon earlier in the day and then later um on uh, on the discord as well and it seemed like the 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 response to that was was pretty positive and it and it seemed like folks were having a ton of fun with it but um but if you've been following the icon online social channels you've no doubt uh seen these viral memes involving uh the cybertronic spree and shockwave and corn dogs and and maybe a scorpionock and i uh i i really want you to go and check out the video for the full effect but since it's referenced so heavily i couldn't not play these clips for you to um, give you a little bit of a taste of uh, uh, what the memes is all about. 
and it is going to be Shockwave who's going to be giving the clues. We have a pick of two categories here, and going into round two, we have the Autobots at 500 and the Decepticons at three. And the categories are Call of the Primitives or Scramble City. Scramble City. All right. Scramble City, this category is going to be combiners, city bots. Okay. All that sort of stuff. All right. I'm going to uh, look sideways. All right. 45 seconds are on the clock, beginning now. Uh, it's kind of like uh, Cineplex. It's Metroplex. <laughs> um, this is like a mental state I have all the time. After rehearsal, I have a mantle. Scorpionock. <laughs> Close. Mental block? Oh. A city bot that is like your uh And combiners. Brain, your brain freeze. It was it was breakdown. Like I'm having a breakdown right oh. now. I see. I'm not even gonna. <laughs> Fortress Maximus. <laughs> uh, but the fun didn't stop there, and then it was time for Wheel of Icon. All right, let's spin. All right, spin, spin, spin. And 250. A P, please. No P's. All right. And we are ran back to Shockwave. Uh, yo, you forgot the Autobot. It's not your turn. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's Shockwave's turn. Yeah. I uh, Naval or giving it a spin. <laughs> All right. And the wheel is spinning and ending at 150. <laughs> Let's go for uh, as a Peter. That's what I just no said. Oh. I already, I already no asked keys, for it. But there was also, but this is also wheel of fortune in which they do not check if people, they do not call people if they guess something that has already been guessed. So. It's uh, so it's round to hot. It's round to hot rod again since it skipped our seat for Mr. Turn. All right, uh, let's let's just go with the spin here. Let's get you on the board. Three fifty. All right, let's let's go with uh, uh, P. What? <laughs> That's the third time. It is the third time, and there's still no peas in this. Which means it is back around to rumble. Either way, they were both you. <laughs> uh, so that was the end of day one and again thank you so much to the Cybertronic Spree and General Techno for bringing down the house with those fun and hilarious games I mean, it was just I mean we had such a blast and I missed out on the original recording so there were things that 
my friends on the Icon team had seen like the like the whole mental scorpionog thing and the and the and the P um things things that they had forgotten about until until it started playing again. It's like, oh yeah, that's right, this. Whereas I think most of it and I don't think we were doing it on purpose, but like all of the focus went on to Shockwave and his uh, stuffed corn dog that that he's seen displaying um, in in the video several times. And for me, I just thought that that's what the viral meme was. But yeah, once once we actually started watching it live as as we were playing it on Twitch, it was like it was pretty darn hilarious. Now. Um, so now on to day two, Sunday, uh, that that kicked off with uh, Suna's interview with Brandon Easton, uh, exploring uh, riding, race, and Transformers. And I, I got to tell you, she did a kick-ass job, and, and Brandon was great. Um, he, um, he, he was actually a last-minute addition to the convention, and... I'd like to share that story with you just so that they're, you know, just to maybe uh, clear up some confusion. Um, hopefully that's cool with my uh, my Icon teammates. But um, we we were actually put into contact with Brandon through Thomas Deere, who uh, is a uh, colorist and cover artist and, and artist for IDW Comics. And um, he had participated in our diversity panel. Uh, Thomas Deere did. He, uh, he, he'd reached out later on after, um, after they had recorded and mentioned that, that Brandon would have been a great addition uh, to that panel discussion. He was absolutely right. But... I also want to give you some insight into our process here, if that makes sense. Um, so it's a little bit of an insider story. So, so I guess this is kind of like an insider story within an insider story. But the vast majority of our guests came through personal connections, you know, uh, uh, connections that members of the Icon staff had with various talents. So, uh, again, we, we've all been to conventions before and we we all participate in uh, Transformers fandom in different ways. You know, some of us are fan artists, uh, some of us are cosplayers, some of us are both, some of us are podcasters. Um, uh, but but like, for example, Chally is actually really good friends with artist Livio Ramadelli who is friends with Andrew Griffith. Now you add Shane McCarthy into that mix and boom, you got yourself a panel. Um, I had the Cybertronic Spree on my old uh, radio show back on uh, uh, KGRG. So I knew their manager and had their contact info. Um, you kind of get the idea. E everybody kind of knows somebody. So it wasn't necessarily, let's make a list of who we'd like to ask. It was more, let's make a list of who we know. Um, and then and then things kind of, you know, spiderweb out from there. I mentioned that because none of us knew Brandon Easton didn't have a particular uh, connection. None of us really had interactions with folks who had that connection with Brandon. So we didn't intend to specifically exclude him. 
um, we just didn't think to invite him um, in the same way that so many, many other talented folks, uh, none of us had a connection to to invite like like for, you know, for example, uh, when we were watching the the uh, War for Cybertron uh, panel and listening to Frank Dodaro do uh, do Starscream, it's like, well, I, I we, you know, we could have asked even Blum, you know, may, maybe get him and Frank together to do like a Starscream panel or something like that. And but none of us know Stephen Blum and it, and it didn't it didn't occur to us until we were watching that panel. So a lot of our ideas came from our network of folks that um, that we know. Anyway, uh, Thomas reached out to Brandon we reached out to Brandon and Suna was able to set up a recording session with Brandon and we got the panel on the schedule. And I, I, I'm, I'm so glad that we did because it, it really was a great conversation. Um, one of the few panels uh, on, on the lineup uh, that, that was showcasing diversity and inclusion in transformers. I mean, I, I, for me, I, I think the highlights we're definitely our uh, grand finale uh, double bill of uh, of panels highlighting folks who contribute to the longevity of the Transformers franchise that um, that you know creators that quite frankly uh, don't look like me or or look like James Roberts. <laughs> Uh, uh, but no, that the um, uh, the not just for boys panel uh, celebrating women in Transformers uh, that that was hosted again by Lita uh, that that featured Anna Malkova, uh, May Cat, and Lindsay Rousseau. Um, that 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 panel was just just a revelation. It it was great. I really enjoyed that discussion, and I hope this isn't too controversial, but. I'd really like to hear more of uh, Lindsay's personality, a uh, Lindsay Rousseau, a voice of uh, Alita One. I, I would like to see even more of her uh, spirit and personality spill over into her performance as Alita One because she's a she she's just terrific. I just I, I just really enjoy uh, these these interviews with uh with Lindsay. She's just got like this that this uh, firecracker energy. That that's undeniable, and I just I th- this might sound corny, but I just I I I love Anna Malkova's accent. Um, it's it's great, and and Maycat is just fierce. I I love her energy and and sick jackets. <laughs> um, but no, I uh, I I saw um I I saw Maycat at the uh, uh, Cyberverse panel at TFCon LA, and I I just I just really enjoy um her presence that 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 she brings to um uh, to what she talks about. Um, now likewise. Uh, during the Universal Greeting diversity panel, which also featured May Cat, but also featured um, the the always amazing Jack Lawrence, um, as well as the aforementioned one and only James Roberts and Thomas Deere. Uh, that was hosted by Suna and uh, Wasabi, and it, it was just an excellent conversation about why diverse voices matter. And I don't 
I, I I didn't mean to go so clip heavy here in this episode, but I I'd like to play for you this moment from uh, Thomas Deere, uh, Day Ways and Day, and uh, that that I found especially powerful as he talks about his early upbringing and the choices he's had to make and how it relates to Transformers. I, I wanted to continue with a little bit about what uh, May was talking about earlier uh, because her story uh, really resonates with, with my life. Um, I'm also biracial, so my mother's indigenous, my father is, is white, um, but I grew up on what people call here the reservation. Uh, I prefer to call it our territory, um, but I grew up here my whole life. We're a matrilineal society, so we take identity from the mother's um, identity. So the rule of thumb in our society is you are who your mother is. So I lived here my whole life. Um, I had a good relationship with my father, even though he lived in a different town. Um, but I'd say that growing up as a kid, I'd say there wasn't anything. Um, I mean, I, I had the same experiences that all other kids my age had in, in our community. But when it came to knowing about my own identity, in terms of even my own language, uh, for Mohawk language, uh, it was something that I'd say wasn't all that important to me. Um, and then when I was 14 years old, uh, something uh, happened in our community. Uh, um, an event happened here. Um, a land dispute turned into an armed conflict. And um, I had to make a, a choice at that time if my... If I was, if my foot was going to be in the canoe, or if my foot was going to be in the ship, and that's a saying that we have here in in, in my community. And um, so I remember uh, thinking, well, I'm only a kid; I'm only 14 years old. But how how could I help? How could I contribute to uh, what's happening in our community? Because when I looked around our community, all the men were um, picking up weapons and defending the town. And um, about halfway through that siege, which lasted 78 days, um, the Canadian government mobilized the army and we were surrounded. We were surrounded by the army for three months that summer. So I had to do some real soul searching to say to myself, um, what role could I play? And uh, there was things that probably popped into my head. I can't. I can't say with certainty what those words were, but they probably sounded a lot like freedom is the right of all sentient beings, you know, and growing up with Transformers and Star Wars, the Rebel Alliance, the Heroic Autobots, well, I knew which side I was going to be on. And uh, there's even that line at the beginning of, of Transformers movie, of uh, Transformers 86, where the Valiant Autobots were preparing to take back their homeland. And so... Those things really resonated with me, and, and a lot of those 80s experiences sort of paved the way to make that decision for me um, when I was 14. So when I was 14, of course, uh, the conflict eventually ended, um, uh, and it was sort of um, uh, almost like a post-war kind of feeling in my community for the next few years. But I had made a commitment that summer to to make sure I was in the canoe and not the ship. So I had to um, make a commitment to learning our spirituality, making a commitment to learn our language, uh, to learn everything about our culture. 
And when I was about 18 years old, um, we have, um, uh, it's hard to explain it's in, in, in brevity, but we have um, something called the Longhouse in our community. And it's a gathering place where, where the community goes for uh, spiritual functions and even political functions because we believe that there's uh, a connection between um, uh, our political life and our spiritual life. And there's a ceremony that we have for, for children. Um, and we call that and it means that we're going to elevate their, the names. And it's, uh, it's a tradition that we have to introduce the children in our community, these babies, to the community and to the natural world around them. And there's, um, in the speech, there's a part that they say, we don't yet know what gifts this child was, was given, but it's our responsibility to encourage whatever gifts that they have and that it's the child's responsibility as an adult to use those gifts to share with the community. So when I was 18, um, and um, by no means was I somebody, um, was, was I in a unique situation because a lot of uh, teenagers that went through that conflict that I was talking about all made their way back to the longhouse that summer. And because we didn't go through that ceremony as children, we went through that ceremony as adults or teenagers. And I remember those words when they, when they did that ceremony resonated so much. And I, and I already knew that I wanted a career in art. I already knew that I, I wanted to, um, um, that that was my gift. So uh, I, I figured after that, there was a, a way I could use my gifts for uh, to be socially responsible. So in a way, there's there's kind of two sides to my career. There's the fun stuff which I do at night, Transformers and the comic book work, and I'm really pleased to share that I've been working on Star Wars Adventures lately and uh, uh, getting a lot more cover art. I'm really happy about that. But there's something that anchors me or ties me to the community. Uh, so I continue to work in our community as, as a, a graphic artist um, in our, our cultural center where we try to find, because you can't just go to um, a bookstore and get um, language materials for the Mohawk language. We have to invent them ourselves. So part of my job is to come up with those teaching materials and to teach, uh, teach them from um, a, a graphically or narrative uh, um, manner. So uh, for me, there's kind of two sides to, to my career. There's the side that I have fun with, and then there's the side that has social responsibility. So uh, I think I answered the question, but... Uh, yeah, oh, boy, did you? I mean, again, just uh, just riveting stuff, and and uh, the, those were the kinds of programs, uh, panels, uh, that that we were the most excited to put together. Uh, this is what we were shooting for, uh, uh, practically from day one of planning Iacon online. I mean, like there's always talks of a diversity panel. Now, the the panels that we ended up putting on kind of took. Uh, different forms depending upon you know uh, uh, guest rosters changed availabilities changed um, so um, 
yeah, I mean, we're we're just incredibly proud of those panels that that um, that came together. Uh, we you know we wanted to highlight voices and programs we'd never seen uh, get the spotlight in larger fan run conventions. I mean, I mean, these were all folks that have been guests at conventions before, but nobody's put them on a panel together to have these conversations and I, I i'm so glad that it resonated so much with folks and connected with the audience i mean over 220 people were watching at this point um and i couldn't be more glad uh meaning like watching like like during this uh the the clip i had just shared from you with uh, uh from thomas um but but again, the, the, there was there was a ton of other great panels too on Sunday, um, including the Beast Unleashed, uh, hosted by Steve Megatron from the uh, Geekcast Radio Network. I, I I had heard from a couple of my my Beast Wars leaning fans uh, and friends that, that that really seemed to dig that, and I I know they were hyped for that uh, again, especially with Kingdom just around the corner. Um, but I I also appreciated the focus on fan created panels like like the one Steve had put together you know he's a, he's a, he's a longtime podcaster so um you know he he's you know th- this this kind of content is is great for somebody like that uh but i also appreciated the uh the emphasis on fan fiction which i i think is a uh desperately unrepresented space in uh, in conventions and uh there there were more than a few uh uh fanfic panels uh during icon online including anatomy of a fan fiction uh that was hosted by kit and harper from more than meets the pod um their uh their podcast has been kind of on hiatus lately so this was this was definitely a welcome return i have uh i have been missing their their perspective and voices and and i've been missing my soft content TM TM and and you know before uh, before we uh, get into closing ceremonies and I and I kind of talk a little bit about potentially what's next for icon online I uh, I actually want to present to you uh, my interview with Stan Bush um, as it was actually played and presented during icon online on Sunday When I look back, we were just kids in a rock and roll band. We played like no tomorrow. Didn't turn out like we planned. When I have a time, slips away. Though the memories may fade.
there, folks. My name is Mike. I'm the host of the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. I'm also one of the organizers here at Icon Online. Um, I had the opportunity to interview Emmy Award-winning singer-songwriter Stan Bush, and we talked about his songs from Transformers the Movie, you know, Dare and The Touch. Um, he also answered questions submitted by the Icon Online fans, but we started the conversation discussing his brand new album, Dare to Dream, available now at stambush.com. Check it out. Well, the first song from the album was written actually about a year and a half ago, came out in the summer of 2019. We did a music video for it, the song called The 80s. And the 80s is about 80s music, of course, and uh, the feeling that it gives you when you, you know, sort of you go back in time to being a kid or whatever. And you know how music kind of does that. It takes you back in time. And anyway, it's a song about 80s music. And uh, we did a music video and uh, my son plays a young me in the video. And he even rented a VW bus to get the whole time machine vibe going, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, mm -hmm. that was a lot of fun. And uh, anyway, so after that, then later in the year, there were a couple more songs that, that I wrote. And uh, but but the bulk of the album uh, was written in 2020. Um, myself uh, and my producer Holger Fath, uh, you know, it was it was sort of a, an interesting time. I mean, it was a it was a really rough time for for a lot of people, and uh, you know, with the COVID and all that. Um, but mm -hmm. if there's one sort of silver lining, is there was uh, you know it was like a a creative time and and it also myself and my producer we we were able to just sort of focus in and just work on the album for pretty much most of the year and uh anyway we're very happy with how it came out the reviews have been terrific and uh people really seem to love the the new album it was actually voted number 10 uh, album of the year last uh last week or two weeks ago so you know it's it's really getting well received Netflix reached out to me, I guess it was around September, and uh, they, you know, they asked if me to write a song about, uh, you know, about fighting. Uh, the intention is, was to promote their, their two most popular anime shows, uh, Baki and Kinga Nashura. And uh, so anyway, we co-wrote this song, uh, got Lenny Macaluso, my co-writer of The Touch. We, we got together and wrote Born to Fight. And uh, it, anyway, the song came out great. They loved it. And... Uh, so we, you know, did a music video they that they they produced with me, and uh, it includes you know footage from the the animated uh, yeah. show. Yeah, that was it was very cool. I mean, it was fun making it, and uh, I actually did a little bit of sort of uh, preparation. You know, uh, learned a couple of fight moves and all this stuff. <laughs> my my wife does fitness training, so she helped me with some of that, and it it, it came out pretty cool. Actually, it's like a, I don't know, it, you know. I, I really like that style of music anyway, and it, it turned out it was a great opening track for the album. And uh, mm -hmm. so, but yeah, thanks. Air to Dream, uh, Stan Bush's 14th studio album is out now. It is available at his website, uh, stanbush.com, along with several other of your albums as well. So I uh, pick up a few others while you're there as well, because um, I, I, I know I have. Uh, I, I was wondering if you could share with us. I, I know you've told the stories a million times, but, you know, somebody's show is somebody's first show. Could you tell us the story of uh, Dare? and the touch from Transformers, the movie. Oh, oh, of how they got in the movie and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, okay. I was just, I was signed to Scotty brothers records and, uh, 
you know, Scotty Brothers had the Survivor and a few other bands. Uh, anyway, uh, we were recording. We recorded the touch. We wrote wrote it originally, Lenny and I, uh, with the idea of, of the movie Cobra with Sylvester Stallone. And uh, anyway, uh, it didn't end up in that movie. But the record label, uh, they told me one day that, uh, oh, yeah, so we, the touch is going to be in the Transformers movie. And, um, and they said, oh, it's, it's an animated movie about uh, robots and I'm like okay so <laughs> anyway but little did I know it was going to become this huge phenomenon you know so it's been a cool ride I mean uh, my association with Hasbro has been awesome um, everybody's been really great uh, I got I've been to a lot of the Transformers conventions with uh, you know having sung the touch and dare and uh, a lot of people I mean a lot of people they know those songs and uh, as, as I mentioned before you know they maybe you know they'll say these incredible things like you know those songs were the soundtrack to my childhood or something or maybe they helped me through a tough time and anyway it's it again very humbling to hear that stuff it's uh but yeah some of the nicest people i've ever met uh, were have been at those conventions they're just you know it's just awesome it's a great feeling mm -hmm. so. does does Dare have a um, story that's different than The Touch? I mean, you know, uh, uh, obviously The Touch was written for Cobra, but I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, Dare was was uh, uh, came to be slightly differently. Yeah, that, uh, that was written by Vince DiCola and Scott Shelley. I, I wasn't actually a writer on Dare, but they they had me hired me. Well, had me sing it, and uh, right. yeah, it wasn't on my Barrage album, but it was on the soundtrack album. Um, for for the film, and uh, but yeah, there's there's a great song. I uh, every time I perform, I have to do the touch and I ha and dare, of course. And yes, so. <laughs> but it's cool. It's it's uh, also a very uplifting song. Absolutely, absolutely, and and with that, since we're when within the realm of uh, the Transformers, let's move on to some of these incredible fan submitted questions uh, for Icon Online. Did you have any inkling that that the songs that were used in this transforming robot movie would resonate so strongly with uh with fans thirty five years on? I had no idea, honestly. That's uh. That was a complete surprise. I, as I said, I think the first of the conventions Vince, Nicola, and I both went to, it was in 97, and it was in uh, Rochester, New York, I believe. And uh, the people were just incredible. We, we performed, by the way, together and uh, did, did a few songs like Unplugged, and Vince and I played some together. And uh, But uh, anyway, it just kind of grew from there. Um, and I've attended and performed at several of the uh, BotCon uh, uh, anyway, but... Uh, mm -hmm. Like I say, you know, I, no, I didn't have any idea that was going to happen. <laughs> but it, like I say, you know, uh, if you got to be known for a song, you know, it, it may as well be a good one. So, absolutely, but the, um, the touch has had a life of its own. I mean, you know, the the you know boogie nights, and I guess you have that coming up. So we'll we'll, we'll kill that one. Uh, attack it when we get well, to it. I, I mean, I mean, we're here. We're here now. Let's uh, so because yeah, you're right. I mean, the the touch has its own special legacy that's beyond uh, uh, Transformers the movie. It's it, it's fascinating how the the lifespan of a song could go. Like a song that you guys wrote for a Sylvester Stallone movie ends up in a Transformers movie, and then later on ends up in Boogie Nights as well as you know kind of. A, a pop culture staple and given the success of uh, the touch in transformers the movie what were your thoughts when the song was used in the movie boogie nights 
I well, first of all, I thought it was hilarious. The uh, they you know, it was clearly it was a spoof on the eighties, and uh, Mark Wahlberg pulled it off uh, perfectly. It was just just awesome. Um, anyway, I, but I think it was sort of meant to be tongue in cheek. Uh, and just a quick Wahlberg story: uh, I ran into him at a Transformers convention in uh, you know about three or four years ago, and uh, he he was coming off of a panel, and uh, we were both backstage, and he was walking by, and I said, uh, "You got the touch." <laughs> he, turned <around. laughs> he turned around and said, "How did I do?" And I said, "It was great." Anyway, he comes over a couple minutes later and with his phone and we're we're both standing singing into the phone like he's taping it, videoing and uh, singing the touch together like a couple of drunk guys. Right. It was oh my gosh. He puts it on his Facebook and, you know, uh, you know, a few hours, a couple hours later, we have six hundred and fifty thousand views. And it was pretty cool. The guy, he was really neat uh, for him to do that. And, uh, yeah. It, amazing coincidence too since he not only starred in boogie nights but he also you know was the lead actor in the in the transformers two of the uh two or three of the uh, live action yeah so what a coincidence right and as it was of course bumblebee movie did finally use the touch and that that really yes. cool, uh, cameo thing where you know so it's all good yeah um, so with the uh, with that, uh, you know, kind of getting back to uh, uh, films and soundtracks, uh, how much information are you given uh, for the films and shows that you do music for, or is uh, uh, the context of the songs um, uh, were to be used in? Uh, uh, what what's what's kind of that process? Well, generally, I think um, when when I get contacted to use one of my songs in you know either a film or a TV show. They, they generally already know what song they want and that sort of thing. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's not sort of, hey, can you write this for this? You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. in the case of the Netflix thing recently, that was sort of a contracted me to write the song, you know, but, uh, or commissioned is a better word probably. Um, but yeah, it's, it's generally, yeah, we want the touch or we want this other song for this show and da, 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 da. And they send me the paperwork, that kind of thing. So. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, I know a lot of people, it, it is that way where they're, they're asked to write a, a, a song that fits a certain storyline or something like that. And, uh, but I haven't done a lot of that kind of work. Gotcha. Usually the, usually the people are familiar with my work or, or they, or like I say, they want the touch or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. You know, so, so getting back to the, the songwriting process um, a bit, what, uh, what inspires you to write kick-ass motivational songs, um, especially now when, uh, when times are a little tougher? Well, yeah, just, you know, like I said before, I think, you know, I, there, there always could be more positivity in the world. I think, uh, there's a lot of you know stuff, a lot of dark stuff uh, these days on TV and everywhere, and uh, it's it's I don't know I, I to me I'm all about hope and optimism you know it's just uh, that's just who I am I I've always been I had a happy childhood a close family my parents were awesome you know that kind of thing and uh, I think that sort of shapes who you are and uh, anyway that's just. Uh, I don't know. What can you say? <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, getting back to Transformers then, um, if you were asked to write music for another Transformers movie soundtrack, what would it sound like and what would your inspiration be? Well, I think the 80s rock, power rock thing is is to me the, the, the coolest stuff. Like songs like Born to Fight that have, you know, they got a lot of, you know, 
balls and all that, but they also have like a melodic thing that's really cool. It It's reminiscent to me, uh, structurally song wise of like the early foreigner, you know, a bit, a bit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, let's see also, uh, First of all, I'd, I'd be honored if they if they asked me to, to be involved in, in the uh, new upcoming uh, Transformers because uh, I've been part of the brand a long time and uh, everything's great. I mean, like I say, I've done tons of stuff, events and conventions, and my songs have been in the games, the Transformers games, uh, right. the, the touch. And of course, uh, Till All Are One was in um, the, uh, I think it's War for Cybertron uh, yes. game. So, yeah. So anyway, it. A song like that also would work totally work for uh, Transformers, uh, or we could write a new a new song. But uh, but yeah, I'd be honored if they uh, if they wanted a song. So and I think uh, really a lot of it too is the, just the uh, the eighties music itself. That style. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You, you're you're certainly old enough to remember the eighties movies, right? They they had oh. these incredible songs that like uh, Top Gun or whatever it is, um, you know, even like Eye of the Tiger, one of the greatest all-time uplifting kick, kick butt songs, you know, it's like really cool stuff. And and you'd, you'd walk out of the movie theater, you know, you'd sing the song, you'd remember it. It's like those kind of big hooks, you know, that they stick in your head and you, you remember them. Um, that sort of went away. I mean, the 90s music, the grunge thing, it was more about sort of angst and, and yeah, I'm, I'm pissed off and whatever. And yeah. um, I mean, things have kind of evolved, but I think one of the great things about 80s music and I, that's why i think that it, there's been a resurgence is because of that sort of uh you know the big hook the big 80s hook that that people remember and uh you know the the songwriting it was a cool time i think for songwriting because uh people the songs had a, a neat structure and one thing one of the things i do is uh i change keys a lot i modulate you know and and so you know, you're listening to the song and then it'll go to a new key and you're like, wow, you know, it's like, I like to surprise people. It, to me, yeah. I really try hard not to do something that, you know, is, is predictable. So uh, th this is kind of left field, but one of the questions we got, um, is it true you did the jingle for the Freddy Freaker Freak phone commercial? <laughs> Yes, I. It was a favor for a friend. I swear, it was. I had only been in LA about six months or something by then, and uh, this guy asked me if I would do it. And then, you know, before I then I immediately it was all over what it was at the, at the time. Uh, sort of like the video music video channel, uh, like uh, like I, MTV or like VH1. VH1. Yeah, before, maybe before that even. But uh, okay, yeah, and it was just a sort of a. I don't know if you remember 900 numbers. You, you call up. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, and yes. They bill you per per minute on the call. They bill the caller, in other words. So so this this person had this idea of making money doing that. And I didn't really know the whole story, but I just said, oh, he's, he's a friend. I'll do it, you know. So. Um, so what, uh, uh, you know, sticking with music, uh, what's, what's some of your favorite music apart from your own music, you, the, the music that you've, uh, written yourself? What are some of your favorites? Well, it's funny. I mean, I, I don't really keep up with modern music too much. I'll hear, you know, occasionally there'll be a cool song that I'll hear, but, uh, but I, I have always been a big fan of the Eagles and, uh, Don Henley, particularly the guy's an amazing songwriter and, uh, He's probably one of my favorite artists, and uh, I've always liked the uh, Zeppelin, and like I mentioned before, the early Foreigner stuff. Uh, yeah, just just great songs, uh, you know. But yeah, it's, it's all about the songs. I mean, I grew up during the the 
this, the late sixties, early seventies. And when they had like, uh, well, of course the Beatles, but, uh, then later, you know, there was this, uh, you know, soul music, basically, uh, you know, R and B, uh, Motown. It was like the best, the best stuff. Some of the best songs. It's just incredible singing and playing and just, uh, I don't know, throughout the 70s, they had all these incredible bands like, you know, America and uh, yeah. El Elton John, incredible. I've always loved Elton John, you know, his stuff. And so, yeah, it's kind of a wide, it's not just rock, but, you know, only rock. You know, I've listened to everything. Back gotcha. then, back then, radio was all over the map. You could turn on AM radio and you'd, you'd hear like, you know, Jimi Hendrix, and then then you'd hear like uh, "Bridge Over Troubled Water" or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It wasn't all like you know segmented and compartmentalized now, like it is now. Uh, going going back to uh, Transformers, uh, you know, you're you're part of the Transformers Hall of Fame. Um, so, as such, a uh, folks had a couple questions about the franchise for you, starting with, um, who is your favorite Transformer? Bumblebee. That's a solid pick. That's a solid pick. Um, now, if you could choose uh, which which side, which faction, would would you uh, choose the uh, Autobots or the Decepticons? I don't know. They're both pretty cool. Uh, probably an Auto Autobot because initially they were considered sort of more the good guys, you know. But I know <laughs> I understand they kind of help each other now, and it's sort of evolved from there. And uh, yeah, um, if uh, if you yourself. Stan Bush, if you were a Transformer, what would you be? Oh, boy. Um, I, I have no clue, honestly. I, I, I don't really have an answer for that sure. one. <laughs> but uh, anyway, but yeah, so what? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I got you. No, that, that's that's fine. Because, like, I, you know, some folks kind of gravitate to, you know, ground vehicles. Like, oh, I would be a Jeep. Or, like, I, I you know, I want the feeling of flying, so I would be a jet. Or, okay. like. Okay, a semi-truck. A semi like uh, like Optimus Prime. We'll, we'll go with that. There it is. Perfect. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. Um, so what a um you know, we we've talked so much, Stan, about how uh inspiration is kind of a, a common theme uh within your music and how that uh feeling is passed along to us fans that that we enjoy in. But what what do you do? Uh, to pump yourself up, what what inspires you, or uh, fills you back up when uh, when you start to feel down? Uh, I just go outside. I mean, it's uh, I live in the hills uh, outside of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful area. Uh, got a hilltop cottage with a view, and uh, take hike, do hikes and stuff. And uh, I just I just like to be outside, and it, it, that's and and exercise, of course, you know, working out. Um, sure, that, that pumps me up literally and figuratively. So <laughs> it's it's important, I think, to uh, to move and get out, you know, because I think that that seems to fix whatever's going on, you know. With uh, you know, all of us get we get stuck in this, you know, uh, you know, it's a incredibly you know crazy world these days, and just just living and working in the modern world is stressful, you know. And uh, I think all of us have to have to find our own sort of release and that. Uh... Cool. So uh, with the, you know, we, we've talked, um, we've talked pretty extensively about uh, your, your songwriting process, but when you write music, uh, which is harder, the verses or the choruses? Um, probably the choruses. I think uh, because 
you you need to come up with a hook that that's going to be memorable. You want something that's first of all catchy. Uh, you know, second of all, hasn't been done to death. You know, you want to have something that sounds sort of original. And uh, I don't know the. It just seems like you can get away with a a verse as long as it builds and and has a. I usually do sort of what they call a B section, sort of a between the verse and the chorus, like a, a another a little section, a B verse or B, B section, we called it, and then a, a bridge, of course. You know, just if you have um, all of those elements and each one can be really catchy and, and hooky, as it were, uh, then you can really have a, a very strong song, you know, melodically and musically. And I think, uh, again, um, lyrics are hard. It's uh, you know, that's the thing I think uh, I've gotten smarter over the years, I think. Um, and that's one of the keys, I think, to uh, to be, being able to think uh, of of a lyric that's going to work and, and be sort of, you know, clever a little bit, uh, not too uh, too crazy, but something that's relatable. And uh, I think uh, I read a lot, too. So that that helps. Um. You know, you you had mentioned uh, some of those early experiences going to BotCon and playing with Vince and being included in part of the fandom and you know being being appreciative of uh, Transformers fandom. But I was wondering, uh, well, the person that submitted the question was wondering, uh, uh, what's uh, one of your favorite memories with fans? It's just it's just humbling is is the main thing I can say and. These people have been wonderful, and I mean, I have, I've, like I said, I've received fan mail over the years that they say wonderful things about the song, or maybe how what it what it meant to them as as youngsters, and and so forth. Maybe they were in a tough time and it helped them through it and overcome uh, obstacles in life. And uh, one of the cute things I I had a fan when a little kid wrote me a fan letter, and he says, "You're my biggest fan." <laughs> You know, he had it backwards. <laughs> oh, that's that's sweet. I yeah, love that. You. I love that. Yeah, that's adorable. Now, I I forget if I I asked you this earlier or not, but were you familiar with Transformers at all um, uh, prior to uh, uh, Scotty Brothers basically putting your your song "The Touch" in in this Transformers movie? Yeah, um, I had. Um let's see, a cousin, uh, he, he was nine years old at the time, and he had a Transformers toy, and he was showing me how he, he could turn it from a truck into a, into a robot, and like, and it was done, and I mean, I couldn't do it to save my life. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> <laughs> I understand. So, so that was my, I, I sort of, I knew what they were, but, uh, but that was the extent of it, so at, in the beginning. I learned more over the years, like I said, uh, being associated with the brand, and mainly from from fans they would say oh yeah this one does this and and uh, you know that kind of thing and yeah. um, you've uh um you've done a bunch of work with uh with disney like you know mickey sports songs uh songs from the hundred acre wood uh, um and so on um and it's kind of outside of what i guess uh the types of music that that tr transformers fans are used to from uh from you from stan bush uh what's uh what's that relationship been like with uh with disney and and making those songs um well like i say um i've had a long career as a singer and uh you know I, i've gotten called by uh no disney and other people over the years uh to sing various things uh and some some of it i i you know, 
like I say, I'm literally on the project for you know a couple of hours. They'll say, "Oh, can you can you come sing this?" You know, and yeah, uh, there was a song. I mean, a film, sorry, TV show rather, a cartoon that I sang on. That was a Disney, uh, and uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Uh, anyway, uh, but it was it was really good, and uh, it, but it, it, it'd be impossible for me to. I mean, half the stuff I sang on, I don't even remember. People will come back years later and they'll have like this demo. So, yeah, you remember this? And I'm like, no. <laughs> 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 no, they, they would sometimes they send me a, a cassette tape, you know, uh, a week or two ahead. And I, I'd listen to it literally on in the car driving there, you know. And uh, but um, I don't know. It's it's been a, a long career. Really fun, though. I mean, it's it's cool singing all kinds of different things, uh, songs and different, you know, uh film things and whatever but uh i even did a disneyland park they had a a thing called blast to the past it was a uh sort of a they had it ran for a while as a 50 it was like a 50s uh theme you know 50s music so oh cool I, yeah. I, i'm not familiar with that i'm i'm gonna have to check that out that sounds awesome yeah yeah so it's you know it's just one of those things you know i've sung a zillion things and you know don't remember half of them but uh right but it's been fun uh do you prefer the thrill of composing in studio or the thrill of performing live out on a stage wow so they're two uh, different energies it's two yeah. very different things they're, they're very different but and they're both awesome uh when you're performing it's like i i get this feeling like i'm flying almost if my you know if i'm really on and my voice is really working and it's a great feeling um but ultimately i think uh songwriting is the most rewarding especially when you come up with something that you figure you, you feel like is a great song um it's it's hard it, it takes a lot of energy um it's like a puzzle you know you, you get one little thing that works and it might take days or even weeks before you start to you know get the other pieces you need to make it all sort of come together and then it's like wow you know uh, the feeling of sort of creating something from nothing is mm -hmm. that's to me that's like the the, the best you know so is are there suggestions that you could give uh folks that that are looking to find like a, a particular 80s sound or um what advice would you have for folks that are looking to uh, uh pursuing their own creative endeavors and, and we can close out on that um just sure. uh, you know it, advice for the kiddos yeah yeah um well sort of 80s music uh to me i mean i think of 80s i think of like big sound you know like the the drums are big the guitars are big you know uh keyboards fat you know fat keyboards and the the drum sounds are huge you know they the uh so you know part of it is that and also like layering you know you put you know instead of just one guitar track you might have like four or something and you know two couple of them are double power chords and um, a lot of it too is the style of writing. You know, you have like, uh, like I use a lot of background vocals and I sing all the parts on that, but uh, I'll do like, uh, you know, three part harmony, but, but I'll sing each part four times. So there's like, you know, 12 singers instead of three or four, you know, three. And so, you know, it makes it sound really huge and fat like a choir. Um, but yeah, I think um, a big part of it is production. Like, 80s stuff is 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 big and and uh it requires a lot of time to put that stuff together um recording wise and all that it's not it's not like something you can record a song in in like two days or something i mean it, 
<laughs> you have to, it really takes a lot of time to put, and you know, each part has to be really carefully played and uh, in tune, and and uh, the vocals need to be in tune. A lot of rock stuff has a higher vocal, and of course, that helps for me that that I'm a tenor, so I can still sing those high notes and that kind of thing. But um, but a lot of it's the style of song, you know, that works. I mean, sometimes you can take a song that would work either as a country song or or, or an 80s rock song, you know, and uh, a lot of it's the production. But, you know, as far as software, um, I'm a Pro Tools guy. And, uh, sure. Yeah, so that's pretty much the the software. But, I mean, mainly you can do a lot. I mean, they have all, all kinds of stuff now to, uh, to assist in home recording. Uh, you can get stuff that are fairly inexpensively, you know, uh, software and, and hardware and things um, for home recording. So, uh, Stan, I, I really appreciate you being so generous with your time and for, uh, answering through those, uh, those fan submitted questions. That was, uh, um, that was a, that was a ton of fun. I, I really appreciate you being able to, uh, uh, join us here today. Thanks for having me. It was my pleasure. Yeah. I mean, like you told people, you want to go to stanbush.com. I, I also, I, I'm not going to spill the beans here, but, uh, there's something very big that's coming out, uh, in probably another week or week and a half, um, and it involves transformers. So, just uh, keep an eye on stanbush.com, and uh, you know you're gonna you're gonna know some, what's going on then. Hey, thanks again, Stan. And you could check out that entire interview raw and unedited as it happened live. Um, we talked for just over an hour or so, and he answered every fan question that was submitted. So if you didn't hear yours here, check out the full video. Uh, that's on the Mike Seibert Radio YouTube page and Twitch channels. Um, or you can listen to the interview as a podcast where I included some of his music as well. That's on the Mike Seibert Radio podcast feed, and you can download that wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Mike Seibert Radio, spelled S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Now, enjoy the rest of Icon Online. And until next time, make good choices. All right. And finally, I, I would like to share with you our closing ceremonies, uh, which included all nine members of the Icon online staff and planning team. Uh, Chali, Suna, uh, Sparks, Apollo, myself, uh, Lita, uh, Wasabi, uh, Andy, and Frag. And uh, in what I think was actually the first time we'd all been on camera together at, at the same time. Um, because like, you know, uh, various members of the team have been on my podcast and live stream, but you know, we've, aside from our, uh, Sunday night meetings, you know, where we're all hanging out on discord together. Um, yeah, I, I really don't think we'd, we'd, ever been on camera together in the same place at the same time. So that in itself was, was kind of special, but I, I I'm playing this, uh, mostly as a testament to what we accomplished. Again, we've accomplished something. Um, but what we've accomplished it together, uh, through the power of friendship and a passion for ancient alien shape changing robots. Uh, uh give a listen. Hi everybody. Oh, Icon online team, we're cool. Yes. Can we get a P in the chat? Can we get a P in the chat for Pogi, please? Yes. 
Oh, hello everyone. My name is Apollo and I am the founder and president of Iacon Online. What a weekend has been. <laughs> Full of so many amazing panels, chats, artist alley, shops, and mmm <laughs> Get a pee in the chat. <laughs> oh, the viral memes. Viral memes yes. are viral. Yes. So to close off our first ever convention, we want to give you all a peek behind the scenes of Icon Online and meet the hardworking humans who have dedicated months of their time and energy to bring you all of this. Like, <laughs> like many people, I was disappointed with how 2020 turned out with the canceling of all of our conventions. I sent out a tweet in August asking if anyone would want to participate in an online Transformers event with the tweet getting a huge response from Transformers fans. After that, the team consistently met every Sunday night for two to three hours discussing and planning the event. Over the last five months, countless hours of the team's free time, care, and effort have been dedicated to putting on the best virtual fan convention ever. With that, I'd like to invite the team of Icon to introduce themselves to you formally. So now I'll give them the floor, starting with Mike. Oh, hey, that's me. Uh, thank you, Apollo. Uh, hey, what's up? My name is Mike Seibert. I am the promoter uh, for the team and here at Icon Online. I host a podcast that you've probably never heard of called Mike Seibert Radio. Um, and uh, Mike Seibert Radio podcast has kind of become the official unofficial official uh podcast of icon online uh where i hosted several podcasts as well as some live streams and really this convention is not only taken over my life but also the entirety of my podcast output for like these last several months <laughs> and i wouldn't have it any other way it's been a pleasure uh but i uh i also uh coordinated and reached out to several uh, special guests that you enjoyed uh, watching uh, over the weekend and uh, networked with other podcast shows as well, kind of uh, trying to stir up the interest, get that outreach out there and connect with some really cool people to uh, spread the good word. And I, I think some of you may have listened because, I mean, our, our turnout is just off the chain. I mean, we're still sitting here at 226 viewers long after J-Row has left the building. So um, uh, uh, thank you so much for, for hanging out with us. This has been a blast. And hey, everyone, I'm Lita. I, well, I mean, come on, we knew. You just saw me. <laughs> we knew. <laughs> everyone knows. And I'm the social media manager for Icon Online. Every post you've seen from our channels, every comment, and every interaction online, that was me. Unsurprising to exactly no one. Um, <laughs> My top priority was navigating the digital sphere so that each of our posts had maximum exposure and that everyone who is participating in Icon Online, from special guests to the fan panelists to our incredible artists in Artist Alley, had their time in the spotlight. And it's been awesome to be able to interact with all of you who are watching today and get hype for this convention alongside you for all these months. So thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Hello, everybody. I'm Chally, but a lot of you guys know me apparently for the green hair now. So <laughs> it, it's a meme. It's a, an official meme. I mean, I like, love when my panels went up, like not even mentioning the guests, just start with green. I love that you guys awesome. so much, though. But 
I'm Tally. Um, I was head in getting the Discord set up. So whenever certain settings need to be made or certain voice chat chat for panels, all of the different settings, it took me hours to set up, but I created the Discord. Um, it took a lot of time, but it was so worth it. It looks like you guys had a blast in it and we were so happy to see you in there. Um, it was really nice getting to work with all the everybody like I'm shaking it was just really nice to get to work with everybody and I had the honor to work with Sparks and Moss um, in the judging for the cosplay contest which was fantastic and the cosplay panel again to interview Andrew and Livio and Shane and David like it, it was amazing I love you guys all so much and I made some amazing friendships through the discord and people reaching out to me I'm literally shaking from the new friendships that I made through this panel I mean through this convention and and these people are like my family now and I love you all so much. So I love you guys so much, but thank you so much for tuning into Iacon Online. I don't think we would have ever thought that this would have become as big as it is. So we love you so much. So I love you guys. I love all of you, the attendees and everybody who's volunteered to be part of this convention. Thank you so much. I love you guys. I'm really so <laughs> We love you. <laughs> Hi, my name is Sparks. AKA Spark Splitter or your not so friendly neighborhood swindle. <laughs> uh, I was predominantly in charge of all of Artist Alley, and wrangling artists is like wrangling cats. It was a it was a task, but I I've enjoyed them all, and I'm so glad they joined up. Uh, I was also part of the cosplay panel with the Sparks and Fret. I'm Sparks. It's late, guys. It's been a long weekend. <laughs> long weekend. They're having a mental scorpionock. Very much so. Having a mental scorpionock. Uh, with Frag and Chally. There we go. I got it right this time. And other various bits and parts on the web, or, you know, part of it. Doesn't matter. Uh, I want to specifically say that it was a great time bringing this all to you and getting to watch the enjoyment you guys were getting out of this uh, with, you know, a whole situation in the world. Speaking of the world, we had people attending from all over the world. Our artists were from all over the world. I mean, that's pretty amazing. We brought everybody into one place. Uh, and most importantly, I want to thank everyone else here with me, all nine of us. This is who brought you this convention, just nine people. And these are my family, and I can't wait to, till the day I get to see you in person. Aww. I'm done now. Lita's <laughs> crying. Cry. Oh, oh, cry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did that the other day. I know. It's okay. I told you I'm not the friendly swindle. That's cool. I'll just go away. Uh, no. Come back. Oh. Come back, Mustard G. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, hey there, everyone. Uh, I'm Moss. I'm also known as Frag Raptor, or just Frag, apparently. Uh, <laughs> I'm one of the many artists who has been joined alongside with Iacon Online. Um, I've had a lot of fun being able to be here and be a part of things and meet everybody and being able to act as the overseer for Iacon's mascot VIP and ensure that they're being represented in a way that allowed so many people to connect with them and feel like they were personally be being welcomed to this event. It's such an honor to have acted as one of the cosplay judges or panelists alongside with Charlie and Sparks. And I'm just so impressed with all the hard work that everyone put into this. 
I hope that everyone's able to have a wonderful, or everyone was able to have a wonderful time at this event. It's over now, but <laughs> I know I did. And I'm so glad that we were able to bring some light into this dark time of this pandemic. I guess I'll go. How's it going, everybody? My name's Andy. I, I'm the uh, graphic design servant. Uh, I mean, the graphic designer uh, for, <laughs> for, for, for Iacon Online. So whenever they needed any type of uh, graphic, they would email me saying, please fix this. You spelled Brandon's name wrong. And, I'm, <laughs> and I would begrudgingly change it with a smile, with a smile. Uh, this has been a ver an incredible experience. It's been beautiful working with these people. They're all, they all just have, want the best for everyone. And they all just wanted to have an experience of just being at a convention with human beings. And it was just and like, I think this is the closest thing we could possibly get to that right now. And it was wonderful. And there was so much positivity. And it was just and when and when there was like times of like, I can't do it. Everyone just came together and was like, no, we can. And it was just a really wonderful, wonderful time. So thank you all very much. You're all fantastic and beautiful humans. I see you, Lita. You're crying. It's OK. <laughs> and yes, thank you all. Great. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Wasabi slash Maddie. Who really knows at this point? It's all just kind of coming together. All right. Um, I primarily handled the Icon Online website and what I like to call participant relations. We all know what that translates to. Uh, mostly my job has kind of been behind the scenes, keeping some things afloat, helping with logistics, constantly updating the website every five seconds, scheduling a bunch of website posts. Uh, yeah, all that fun stuff. Uh, so this has been quite the experience and I am so honored to have been a part of it. Uh, these people I've worked with for the past, I don't know how long because I kind of came in late, but it, it's been a wild ride from start to finish. And I really hope we've brought all of you together, especially given the circumstances and how hard it is now, especially when you're a hermit and don't like to go outside anyways and just kind of back out of every and all conversations. And then suddenly you got somebody you didn't necessarily want to talk to a little bit much. Um, but we are so happy to have brought this Transformers convention to you and especially to our internationals who may not have been able to go to a Transformers convention to begin with. I know plane tickets are expensive and time zones suck. Uh, so we are very happy to have included you all in that. Shout out to the one person from Isle of Man who checked out the website. So thank you all <laughs> so much for your support. We super hope you had a great time this weekend. Uh, so then I guess it's me. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Suna, a technology strategist slash broadcaster. Uh, this is like the fourth time you guys have seen me now. So hi again. <laughs> um, I'm, I keep looking at Twitch because I have it up over here. Uh, we still have over 200 people, which is just blowing my mind. And it's been uh, 11 hours and 32 minutes that we've been streaming today. So it has been an exhausting weekend uh, to be running the stream, calling all the panelists and guests, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it was honestly the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. I could go on forever. You guys heard me in the opening ceremony, but I really mean it when I say thank you guys so much for being a part of this convention with us. You guys in the Zoom call, but mostly like the people on Twitch 
like thank you guys so much for being a part of this thank you for bearing with my technical hiccups thanks for being so wonderful in the chat and in the discord thank you for being here just at all and thanks for giving yourself a chance to have a weekend to spend talking about transformers and enjoying it and getting to be a part of a convention i know a lot of people were saying it was their first convention ever and yes that's just amazing. Like we did that. We did that, y'all. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> I, I've, I've rambled to the organizers about this already when we have our calls. But I, I've made so many great friends. I've met so many great people through this. Um, and like everyone else has said, like real life found family trope going on in here. Like we, we oh. love to see that. Like I look at all of you and I'm just like, ah, oh, you're all adopted now. So welcome. Um, this was just a huge group effort. I'm so lucky and humbled to be a part of it and really glad to be able to bring something good to you guys, to PBS viewers like you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your support. Here's a tote bag. No um, tote bag. You got a tote bag. You got a tote bag. I'm crying right now. So um, can we, um, real quick though, get a P in chat for soon as poor computer. Yeah, yes. oh <laughs> because it was severely Pee having chat. a mental scorpionock many times. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah, it was having was a severe. She was having a rough time yesterday. I changed some settings, so we've actually we've been up this entire time today. So bless my computer. We love her. Bless. We love your computer. Bless. They were happy. All right, let's go full Brady Bunch. And uh, uh, with that, I think I am going to uh, pass it off to Lita. Oh, shucks. Thank you. So we want to take a second here and do something a little unconventional for a convention because we are an unconventional convention. And what better way to do that than with a fantastic first ever toast for our first ever Iacon online. So if you would join me in raising a glass, a water <laughs> bottle, an Energon cube, whatever you have, <laughs> if you have one, raise a corn dog if you must, and toast along with us. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like seriously guys we want to thank all of the artists and artist alley who worked so hard to get their shops open and sell fantastic merchandise like they were working on this for a long time to bring you guys some fantastic stuff so you can buy it and you know thank you so much for their support we also want to thank our special guests who volunteered their time to join us this weekend out of their personal lives and especially during the pandemic Thank you so much for the volunteer base. We're sorry we couldn't compensate you, but I think it really added something really special to this convention, and I hope that you enjoyed seeing them as well. Um, we also want to thank the fan panelists who gave us some amazing panels to watch. Oh, my God. Yes. 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 Thank you. Yes. Let's get a pee in the chat for that, honeys. Let's do it. Pogey. And then <laughs> get a pogey in there. Get a pogey. We get one billion peas. Oh my no. gosh. But also, <laughs> most importantly, we want to thank all of you. Yes, you who are watching. None of this would have been possible if it weren't for you. And together, we came together as a fandom out of the love for Transformers all over the world. How nuts is that? That is a first time thing that I've experienced and probably for a lot of people too. Just to be here this weekend, these past two days have been nothing short of incredible. And even though we couldn't have all been together in person, 
we were all together for this brand new fandom experience at Iacon Online, where all are one. So cheers to you. Cheers to the fans, the creators, and most importantly, two Transformers, till all are one. Till till all are one. one. Clink. Clink, clink. Oh, yeah, I guess I should do that verbally. Clink. Uh, High grade. (laughs) Charlie, are you okay? I'm good. I am too hype in the chat. (laughs) Oh, man. Cue the cool warm. <laughs> Little did they know uh, I've poisoned their drinks. <laughs> oh no. Oh, oh no. <laughs> well, um, we oh, want to thank you again for being a part of Iacon Online 2021 and from the entire Iacon team. We're so glad you can join us this weekend for some fun. We'll see you soon. And remember, till all are one. Well, I'm not crying. You're crying. Um, no, I just I, I want to share that moment with you because it was so special to us. And I cannot be more appreciative of the support and the compliments and the good vibes and the memes, uh, you know, just everything that 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 we've received uh, from the fans. It's um, um, not uh, not to understate, but it's a uh, it, it's truly been overwhelming, and and I don't use that term lightly. It's it really has been um, legitimately overwhelming. Now. As uh, as you you may or may not have heard during the close or saw in the video, uh, there were a few tears shed by members of the of the Icon team, and I I personally don't generally get that kind of emotional in that way, but I must tell you, after we signed off. So uh, General Techno uh, messages us, telling us that we might want to jump in the Discord chat. Um, so so we did. We, we jumped into the uh, uh, voice chat where there were dozens of people. Um, but we but we jump in the in the chat. And when we get there, we uh, uh, you know, we saw pictures, you know, pictures of dozens of folks sharing their pictures of them toasting with us tons of selfies uh many of folks in front of their computers um taking uh, taking pictures of themselves with us on their screens and 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 i just thought i just i i, I just I, I said this out loud in the in the chat i was like how is this happening and uh, and and my throat got really clinchy and my eyes got really glassy. Um, I, uh, I I I don't know if I uh, specifically rolled a tear, um, but um, e- even even with seeing the view count, 
you know, like like during the the Twitch stream, you know, it's like you know there there were a couple few times where it clocked over two hundred, uh, consistently stayed about a uh, hundred and fifty plus. You know, kind of once it, uh, on both days it was kind of slow starting, but um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it consistently between one fifty and two hundred, and you know, seeing the view count and seeing all the viral memes and and reading just. Um, just the wonderful compliments in the chat and on 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 Twitter. It um, it wasn't until I saw those pictures that I understood that this was real, and and that what we had done meant something to folks, and. That's all I've ever wanted from any of the creative things I've ever done. You know, for something that I've said or something that I've done to mean something to someone. Um, uh, the, the way that uh, the things that I like mean something to me. Like, like I, um, I, I had a... Uh, this is kind of silly, but I, I recently had a little bit of a temper tantrum at home. Uh, I I pre-ordered all of the Studio Series 86 uh, Transformers figures from Hasbro Pulse. I ordered them the moment they the, the pre-orders went live. So it's like I made sure I was at my computer and I got my pre-orders in and I got I and and on the pulse at least those figures sold out in minutes. Um you could still pre-order blur but but all of the other figures sold out instantly. And when they started showing up at retail, I I I, in fact, even now, like I, I'm still disappointed that I mean I can't find them in stores. Um, I just haven't had that good luck. I mean the Seattle area is is rotten with uh, with uh, uh, toy hunters. So um, and and you know I I pre-ordered these back in October and the pulse says they aren't going to come until April. And I just kind of you know I saw one too many pictures of folks playing with with hot rod and cyclonus and grimlock and i just I just kind of had a little bit of a fit um where was i going with that oh right i i so so i had a little bit of a fit at at home and i had to explain to my wife now here's the thing when you when you are a 42 year old man and you have to explain to your uh, supportive and loving wife that you are upset that your toys haven't come in the mail yet that's a that that's kind of a that's kind of a rough sledding but but i told her i go the the reason why i'm upset is because this means something to me um you know transformers the movie is my favorite movie and that i've been eagerly awaiting these special studio series 86 uh, figures specifically because they have the the Transformers the movie uh, call out on them and so it's like it's so silly I mean I was explaining to her almost with tears in my eyes saying it's like well no it's 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 the toys that we never got from the movie you know the the movie that like you know means the world to me oh I won't the pulse send me my toys um 
but anyway, so so but I, I think that's kind of the energy that 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 I'm talking about. And I feel that based on the response that we saw from from folks out on on social media and in on Twitch and in Discord that what we did, what us nine people did um, meant something to somebody and that is a feeling i i am going to hold and and treasure uh for for the rest of my life you know whether whether we do this again or what but like just you know that 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 feeling of uh one just kind of getting this this uh kind of weirdly awkward hero's welcome when, when we entered the uh the voice chat but but again just um it was it, it was seeing those folks and their selfies uh of doing toasts and of taking pictures of them with us on uh on 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 the computer screen like you know i mean like uh i mean i it's it's got to be the the most moving experience i've had as a performer and i've i've stood on stages i've i've introduced bands i've done a lot of cool stuff in uh in this space but but again God, it, it it sounds silly when I, when i say it out loud to you but but seeing a picture of someone from another country having their first convention experience and that experience being them sharing a picture of themselves with our faces on a computer screen with them. That's a, that's special. That's, that's truly special. And I, I, I don't know how else to describe it. Um, so, so I'm not going to try. Um, but, but Hey, uh, uh, real quick, real quick before I get out of here, um, we don't know, uh, haven't decided yet, what we're going to do next uh what what specifically the future of icon online is you know whether whether there will there will be an icon online next year um or if icon online will continue in uh some other form you know i i think it depends upon a lot of things like you know depending upon you know vaccine rollout and you know if the pandemic will ever end and if in person conventions can continue um you know if 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 that's something that even happens because you know this came from trying to fill a void and while it's it's not perfect it's not one-to-one it is you know kind of the next best thing um but yeah i mean i mean you know for for as supportive as folks have asked there's been just as many folks that have been asking what's next and and I've talked about that a lot, you know, with regards to uh, binge culture. You know, you watch thirteen episodes of Daredevil, and and then you want to know what's next. You know that 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 kind of thing. Um, but but I think right now, I think uh, we're <laughs> uh, we're all very tired, and uh, and I, I think right now we just need to take some time away and recharge our batteries. Um, and you know we're we're going to reconvene in a in a couple weeks as a team just like like we did planning the convention um and, and then we're going to discuss what what the future is we we do have a number of ideas and i think it's it's just a matter of kind of um uh getting on the same page as as far as the, uh, the group goes but i i would encourage you 
do keep an eye on the icon social channels for for those updates so like if you've got your notifications set uh for our twitter account uh keep those set if anything you'll you'll see a inundation of memes but that's uh um again our social game is strong so that that would be um uh, that's probably where you're going to see things first. And obviously, uh, keep it locked to Mike Seibert Radio because uh, you know as soon as we know, I will know, and then you will know. Uh, but that will wrap things up for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening and for participating in Icon Online. And if you would like to listen to all of my past shows, some of them even have things to do with Transformers, uh, you could subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can check out the full show archive out on SoundCloud five years and over 300 episodes worth of shows there and tune in to the Mike Seibert radio podcast live stream that is streaming on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook live like share rate and review the show. Let us know what you'd like and what you'd like to hear more of in the future. Mike Seibert radio is powered by Poddex. special. Thanks to Dave Sanders for our production elements for Mike Seibert radio. My name is Mike. And until next time, till all are one wear a mask, wash your hands and make good choices. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out bydoormusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.